and welcome to Vet Club. Topher, are you going to say anything? I'm turning the sound down. Are you going to host? No? No. Okay, so this is going to be a vet talk. Um, I don't even know what we're talking about. Well, I had an idea a few days ago um, that I wanted to talk about based on a case, pretty much one case um, that I saw, which is funny because initially I thought the conversation was going to go one way. And then as the case progressed, I was like, probably need to adjust things a little bit. So um, we're going to talk about marijuana. What? Oh, yeah, you did talk about this. Yeah, I told you a little bit about it. Um, So we're going to talk about some like big picture things. And then we're going to talk about this case that ended up being a little bit weird and um, I still don't fully understand. <laughs> so maybe somebody listening will be like, oh, I had some information about this too and you can teach me. That'd be great. So if after listening to this, you have some ideas um, to help me understand this case better, I would love to hear from you. <laughs> um, so my original thought for this was to talk about you know, um, marijuana ingestion and intoxication uh, in companion animals, mostly dogs and cats, mostly dogs, um, because we we see it pretty what frequently. What happens if like a cow gets into a marijuana field and eats all that? Um, is that a thing, or is it just like cool more grass? <laughs> um, probably if it ate enough, yeah, it probably would be a thing. Um, I don't even know. Like, would cows eat something I don't like know. that? I don't know. I don't. I don't know much about cows and what they. Eat. I know they'll eat. Grass. Now goats, goats would probably totally get into marijuana plants. Yeah, and, you wouldn't be able to um, tell. What I don't know is like just the leaves themselves, if they just ate them, how potent that would be. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't actually, as, as you know, <laughs> I'm not a connoisseur or a producer of products. And so I don't know how many like marijuana leaves it would take to, um, to generate like uh, you know, to, for somebody to be high. Cause again, like the leaves, I think they dry them and you, you smoke them, right? It's, I think it's dried leaves that have been smoked. And then. No, I don't think it's the leaves at all. Oh, it's, it's like not? A, the flower, but oh. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Either. Out, neither of us know anything. Well, but, oh, well that's totally different. I assumed. Yeah. Okay. So not an expert on the processing of marijuana for recreational consumption. <laughs> um, what I do know is um, the THC is the, the major um, component of marijuana that leads to the, the typical signs that we see in dogs and cats. And so depending on how the marijuana has been processed, there may be more or less, um, you know, component, more or less kind of concentration of THC, um, particularly in areas where recreational marijuana is like clearly legalized and um, these products are fairly readily available for adults, adult humans. Um, so Colorado is going to be the classic where like the concentrated gummies and, and, and edible products, um, that's where the, the stuff can be pretty concentrated. But suffice it to say, as marijuana becomes um, more ubiquitous, um, because it's becoming if not legal, at least less illegal <laughs> in places where like it, it'll be like somewhat legal in these circumstances and also just not, nobody's like, nobody's worrying about it anymore. So even in places where I think it's still technically illegal, people yeah. are much more comfortable to be you like, don't have to oh, worry yeah, about yeah. like, oh, my dog ate some marijuana. You're going to jail. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Which to be fair, veterinarians, like for, for me, I've never cared about that. Like, uh, it's more important for me that the client feels safe to tell me what their dog could have gotten into. You can blame it on, it's always the neighbor's fault, right? It's just blame it on the neighbors. I don't care. I don't have to report it legally. 
And honestly, the more information I have, the better a job I can do um, at treating. So that's less of an issue than it used to be. I have actually lots of stories that I can tell over the years of how um, how it wasn't always easy to get the information from people and how they were very reluctant to tell you. And I've got some funny story, like some families had some issues after these conversations we've had. Um, I've definitely gotten inadvertently um, some people in trouble, but um, that's that's not really what I want to talk about today. Um, what I want to talk about is what the typical, um, you know, patient that comes in, what it looks like, um, specifically the ones, not the ones that the owners like my dog got into pot and here, you know, that's usually like most toxicities pretty straightforward. You're like, Oh, okay. It's still helpful to know what you expect to happen, um, and what you want to do about it. But it's the ones that come in with the signs of marijuana toxicity and how do you, how do you know? Um, and how do you bring that up when you're suspecting it? I think for me, the, the reason I wanted to talk about this is because I had a case not that long ago and um, I had a student that was triaging the patient and was kind of worried about how the dog was looking and so brought it back. And I look at the dog and in like three seconds, I'm like, oh, in my head, I'm like, that dog totally is high. That dog got into marijuana. That's what it looked like. And, um, and the student had seen other cases of marijuana, like a couple, but a few other cases and didn't recognize this one as being marijuana, even though in the conversation with the client that came up as one of the possible things the dog could have gotten into. But the student was kind of like, yeah, this, this, this didn't fit. And so I was like, oh, interesting. Cause I looked at it and was like, this totally fits with marijuana. <laughs> and then we'll, we'll talk about what happened with the case later. But, um, the one thing that I think is important Oh, oh, this was an awesome thing that the student did afterwards, actually. So we talked about this and, and we went through like, step, like what are the signs that the dog is showing and blah, blah, blah. And he was like, yeah, here's why all these things point to marijuana toxicity. And he was like, okay, that makes sense. Afterwards, after the case, we got it, you know, sorted. And then he went and did his own research and found some primary literature, some um, case series and retrospective stuff on dogs with marijuana toxicity. And he went through and like, and I, I didn't tell him to do this. So I was super proud of him. Um, he went through and was like, oh yeah, I'm looking it up. And all of the things that, yep, it doesn't happen in every case, but like 13% of dogs have this sign and 12% have that and 37% have this. And he was like, yep, all of the things that we talked about this, this dog had. And cause one of the things that was a little different and he was surprised about was the dog wasn't eating. And he was like, I thought marijuana was supposed to like give him the munchies, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, a lot of the times it does, but not Maybe all of the times. Full. Yeah. And he's like, and I thought it was going to be this and it was going to be that. And, um, you know, and so he had his idea of the typical marijuana patient, which he was not wrong about, but, um, but it's important to remember that they don't all come in exactly the same. And the thing that I told the student about, and I was like, I want you to think about is like in people, like, I don't, I don't care if you partake in, you know, in, you know, consuming marijuana, whatever, but like most of us have an idea of some of the types of responses that people can have and not everybody responds the same, right? Some people get really mellow and chill. Other people get paranoid. Other people, you know, people talk about this kind of stuff. So even if you've never personally experienced it or you don't know, like you've kind of heard, not everybody responds to marijuana in the same way. And I'm like, dogs are going to be the same. Like, it's also going to be true that they're not all going to have the same response. Um, And he's like, I think my favorite scene of that is there's uh, the Norm Macdonald movie, Dirty Work. Okay. Yeah. And they go to like some, uh, like old one drug trial thing. Like uh, in court, a drug trial. Oh, like, like it's a experimental thing. Gotcha. Researchers are, and it's, uh, it's him and I think Artie Lang. Is he the, yeah, yeah, Yeah. him and Artie Lang. (laughs) And it's like, they had pot brownies in there in the car afterwards. Mm-hmm. 
And Norm Macdonald's just like seeing the devil and all these terrible <laughs> yeah, things and he's sweating. And Ari Lang's like, you know, you know, I don't feel much of that. And he's like, ah, but I kind of itch. Who wants to itch? Uh. <laughs> and that's all he gets and that's out it. of it. And Norm just, just, just seeing the devil sweating, dying in the side of the car. And Ari Lang doesn't care because he itches a little bit. Yeah. But like, I mean, that's the thing is, is sometimes it's, you know, amount, how much did this person get? But just people respond differently. And so it's, it's logical to assume that dogs will also not all have the same response. So, um, so we talked about that. Um, and then the next thing was like, what do we do? Um, and, and so again, this, I was, the student did a really good job. So I was like, so what do you think we should do? And he's like, maybe we should just sleep it off. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, that's, that's typically what I recommend for, um, dogs that have gotten into marijuana. If I assess them and they're stable. So, you know, the big thing is the neurologic stuff. So if they go into, you know, they, they can, it, it can't, they can ingest enough that it could be potentially fatal. It could lower their blood pressure. It could, um, reduce their mentation enough. Like it can happen, but they have to get a lot. And, here's where this really can be an issue. If they get into those edibles, like the gummies yeah. and stuff that are really concentrated where a person is supposed to take one. And I always like to say dogs are not known for their portion control. And so if a dog eats an entire bag of these concentrated gummies, yeah, that could be enough to be a super duper yeah. problem. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that too. Cause there's now the, there's the vaping now, which is like a little cartridge that yeah. of concentrated liquid. Yeah. So and if the dog totally chew the cartridge, chew on. Yeah. So that. So you have to also consider like so what did they get see into more in the future too? Yeah. Oh, and and we are starting to see more of that. So I don't want to play down the seriousness um, of how this could be. But how you, obvious it when it's severe? Like is it? Yeah. Like, oh, they the come in a coma. Really yeah. They come in in a coma. Yeah. Now, if they come in soon after ingesting something and, and you know that it's a large amount, then I'm going to be a little bit more concerned. Even if they're not showing horrible signs yet, I'm going to be like, but what they got was just a massive amount. So I'm going to say, okay, maybe we want to try to do some decontamination or monitoring. But most of the time, my treatment recommendation is time. Yeah, and what's the chemical that's bad? Is it the THC? Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. And it's So if unquote, a, a dog bad. eats like your bottle of the CBD, CBD oil. Y- usually, He's just going to have the runs. You, yeah, again, usually um, it's going to be less potent um, and you're not going to have nearly um, the, the so severity it's the THC, effects. that's the problem. But the cannabinoids, like there are, that's not the only, that's just the main one um, mm-hmm. that's probably going to be the the one most associated with them being high and all those those signs that you expect. But if you get enough, like the cannabinoid, the, the CBD oils and things like that, those can also cause problems if you get enough of them because they're also super concentrated. And I guess I'd have to look into that a little bit more. Is it because they also contain THC? But like marijuana, there's like tons of chemicals in there. They all kind of yeah. do different things. Um, so the CBD is less, uh, I guess potent is probably the right word, I, I think. Um, but, and that may be more due to like the products that are out there, but, um, it is, I think the less worrisome unless you get a ton of it. Um, and that's, you know, one of the common kind of sayings is the dose makes the poison, yeah. right? Like anything, if you get in severe enough amounts is problematic, like oxygen and water. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised you haven't seen something with this. Cause I think those come, it's usually like a bottle in your, when they yeah, you do like, like a drop. Mm-hmm. So I could see mm-hmm. like a dog eating the whole thing. Yeah. 
Yeah. I guess uh, they, they might usually be in like glass bottles. Yeah, that's the nice part. And and if they're expensive, people are better about yeah. keeping them away from yeah, they the are animals. really expensive. Uh, but yeah, I think they come in like little glass bottles with droppers and things like that. But absolutely that can happen, right? You drop it, you knock it over and the dog licks it up really quickly. You're like, oh crap. So that would be one that I, you know, if they got a lot in a very short period of time, I would be a little more concerned. Um, so it's, you know, the questions that I'm going to ask like with any intoxication, but specifically with marijuana, like how much do you think it could have gotten into and when did it happen? Did it happen, you know, six hours ago? In which case, like, Mm, it usually gets absorbed really quickly through the gut. And so like, again, people know like, yeah, within an hour or two, you're going to start feeling it. Um, and so if it was six hours ago, I'm not expecting at this point that it's going to get significantly worse. And so I'm like, okay, we've probably hit our, our the worst part it's going to be. And if, if that's not that bad, then I'm probably okay. If it's moderately bad, I might say, hey, let's monitor. Um, but like treatment wise, what I'm finding is that more and more people want to treat these really aggressively, um, meaning they want to hospitalize them, they want to put them on fluids, which silly. Yeah. Um, um, or and, and another thing which is less silly, um, but maybe in a lot of cases unnecessary, is they treat them, uh, and, and I we don't actually have the evidence that it works, but it makes logical sense to me, is to treat them with um, intralipid therapy, so intravenous fats essentially, which are designed... The whole point of giving them is to um, help remove um, lipophilic toxins faster to help in eliminate or uh, um, increase the rate of excretion of lipophilic toxins. And marijuana is lipophilic. Most neurotoxins are. And so it's logical that that would probably help. We don't have evidence to say for sure that it does yet. I think there are some people that are working on that that I'm aware of. There could be something out there and maybe. But um but I also just think it's not necessary in most cases. Um, and so people are like, they're getting in like tiny doses, like ate one of the special brownies and they're like hospitalizing IV fluids and intralipids. And I'm just like, just let them sleep it off. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like people do this on purpose. So yeah, unless keep they an get eye a, on it, make sure yeah, it doesn't yeah. do anything weird. And so most of the time, even if I hospitalize, I'm typically just going to monitor to make sure like, you know, the owner's like, hey, it's late. We're going to go home and go to bed. We're not going to be able to monitor. Okay, sure. Keep them in the hospital for the night. But it's rare for me that I'm actually going to treat the toxicity. Now, so the case, back to the case that we saw the other day, that was the treatment I recommended. The owners, they were super lovely, um, but we were like, okay, it sounds pretty likely that the dog got into marijuana. The signs fit pretty typically. Um, and Basically, within about 12 to 24 hours, your dog should be pretty much back to normal. So you can go home here, watch for these things. If these things happen, if this gets worse, blah, 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 then you, you may need to bring him back. But like, that seems unlikely. Cool. All right. So that was in the morning on one day. And the next morning I come in and one of our inpatients is that dog who came back that night because it wasn't getting better. Um, and I'm like, what the heck? That's not how it's supposed to go. And so, of course, when it came back in, then they gave it lipids and they did blood work and they gave a bunch of things um, and they gave it fluid therapy, but like just basic fluid. They, they didn't go crazy with the fluid. So I was proud of them there. They just gave it like maintenance fluids. And, um, and I was like, well, did it get better after the lipids? No. I was like, okay. Um, and the dog did like, it was rousable, but it was pretty out of it still. And so it's been like, so when I saw it, I saw it on the morning. We'll say it was Thursday. I don't know, whatever. I saw it Thursday morning. Well, Wednesday, e like early evening is when the signs started. And so even by the following morning, like this dog should be pretty well done with this. And that dog at that point had been improving. Like the owners described like improvement from what it was doing before. The dog was like rousable, whatever. So we sent it home and they're like, yeah, but then he sort of 
dip down again. And then when I looked him, him, so now we'll say it was Friday morning, he looks the same as he did the morning before, 24 hours later, which is like, you know, I don't know, 30 hours after the ingestion or maybe more, um, he is not significantly improved. And so I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> now, when they came back in that night, the owners had done a little more of their own investigation. They knew that their neighbors, their neighbors grow marijuana. They have like on their property. Now, these people also allow their dog to just roam wherever in the neighborhood. So partly on them. So the dog probably went into the neighbor's yard. Well, after they brought him home, they talked to the neighbors because they're like, we're, we're friends with our neighbors. We like them. They're good people. We'll go talk to them. And so they got more information. So what probably happened is that the dog got into their compost pile. So these people grow marijuana. Um, and then whether, I guess I assumed it was the leaves, but the leaves, the flowers, whatever, whatever part of the plant. Yeah. Probably they, the whole plant has they, a little bit. Yeah. They boil it in coconut oil. Yeah. And then, because then the oil is what we're all magic happens, I guess. And then they like squeeze out the plant and like try to extract as much of it as they can after boiling it in coconut oil. And then what's left, like the husk of everything that's left, they throw in the compost pile. So I'm picturing like, you know, fibrous crud that's left over from this plant. And that's what we're pretty sure the dog got into. So then some people are like, is it the coconut? I was like, it's not the coconut oil. But what can happen and what I was worried about, I was like, well, what if he ingested like this ball of concentrated, um, fibrous marijuana containing material and it's just sitting in his gut and he's continuing to absorb it. Yeah. So rather than, um, he, everlasting gobs. Yeah, exactly. And marijuana. it's just sitting. And so he's absorbing a little bit from the outside Man, we and found then a new product for people. He's in, yeah, exactly. This is like a constant infusion of more marijuana. And so when I talked to the owners the next morning, that's kind of, I was like, so here's, this is either it's not marijuana, right? And it's either a different toxin or not a toxin at all. It's something else. Or the only other way I can make this make sense is that he's just got like a ball of something sitting in there that he's still absorbing. And they're like, well, how do we get that out? I'm like, well, first we have to find out if that there's even something in there. So we took x-rays, which is not normally something I do with a marijuana intoxication. Um, so we take some x-rays of this dog and stomach is empty. Most of the small intestines are empty. Um, the colon, very full <laughs> with what just looks like mostly regular poop. Um, and so we, I'd already talked with the clients, like if, if it looks like things are in his colon, like we could do an enema to try to like, Oh, you told me out. that you're giving a dog an enema. Yeah. And I hate, I hate, like I try to avoid enemas at all costs because I don't like them. The patients don't, no, nobody likes them. Um, but we're like, all right, let's do, cause it, the dog had to go to the bathroom. Like this was a full colon. And so, but the dog's also like passed out, <laughs> just sleeping it off. Right. And so, um, I get the students, um, and I was like, have y'all done enemas? They had, but I was like, all right, well, we're doing them anyway. So we took the dog outside. I'm like, first let's make him walk. Maybe he'll just poop on his own and we can all just be spared. He didn't, he peed, um, which was great. He was a little bit drunk still, but he peed. And then he just laid down on the grass. I was like, all right, well, enema, here we come. So mm -hmm. we pass, basically we use like a, a long skinny to a red rubber catheter. And so we put some lube on it and we get like our warm water that we're going to use for the enema. And so the student like, you know, feeds that up um, via the rectum kind of into the colon. And then he infuses like a syringe, like 60 milliliters um, is what we were going to give just, you know, once. And he's gotten about 40 or 50 milliliters in and this dog jumps up. <laughs> this is the worst part. So jumps up, takes about three or four steps and immediately defecates. <laughs> and I was like, cool. But I've seen the x-rays. I'm like, that wasn't all you had. But then the dog, so here's the other thing. This was, this was bad. This was bad on my part. Don't do this. So we're in a fenced in yard area and this dog's drunk, but it's also a dog who like, 
he just wanders around the neighborhood. I'm like, he may not poop if we have him on a leash. So let's just let him wander around. I'm like, he's super drunk. I feel like I can catch this dog, (laughs) you know, and we're contained. There's no other animals out there. So the dog's not on a leash because he's been just passed out all the time. Like you have to really rouse him to get him up. Turns out a great way to rouse this dog is with an enema. (laughs) So he, he runs over, defecates, and then he takes a few steps and like does the like back leg kick in the grass that dogs do sometimes after they poop. Then he proceeds to sprint up. We have this like ramp to go out to this dog walk area. He sprints up the ramp and I'm like, well, somebody's feeling better. That's okay. Well, a little bit off to the other side, there is steps to come back down. So you can either go up or down the ramp or up and down the steps. So he goes over to where the steps are and he looks like he's going to walk down the steps. And I'm like walking towards him and he like takes the first couple steps and then he leaps the next seven steps. And I'm like, my, my heart stopped and I was just like, oh my, oh my God, he's going to break both of his legs. I didn't have him on a leash. I'm going to have to call these owners and tell them that I, I was, a, I'm a terrible person and I didn't have their dog on a leash like I should have. And he jumped down and skipped <laughs> seven steps while he's high and broke both. He landed pretty smoothly. Um, he was a little wobbly again because he's high. And then he just like trots along and I'm like, oh my, I could have, oh, I wanted to strangle him with that moment. It's like, you're stupid. And I was like, get the leash, get the leash. So They're always the leash harping on, on leashes. I know, I know. It's, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm the worst. I am the worst. So I did tell the owners about it later. I was like, I don't want to tell you this, but I will. And they kind of chuckled. They're like, oh, he hates stairs. <laughs> no <laughs> kidding. <laughs> anyway, but like, so we, I go through the poop and there's a little bit there, but I'm like, I've seen your x-rays. You've got more. And so another enema. Yep. We did another one, but we you had a leash from? on him. We had a leash on him this time. It's so this time movie. we, Oh, is it? Yeah. What movie is that from? It's from Jack of dead and loving it with Leslie Nielsen. Oh, I've not seen that one. You haven't. It's a good one. No. Cause he's like, he's like another a doctor enema. when he's a person and Renfield's always trying to like complain or rat him out. Yeah. And I think Renfield's like a fake mental patient in oh, where yeah. he's working. So he's like another enema. <laughs> Oh, so he's punishing Renfield for whatever yeah. he's doing. Oh, yeah, geez. that's like the solution to anything for <laughs> mental health. To give Renfield is an, give enema. Him an enema. Oh, jeez. No, I've never seen that one. Um, but it it also helped this dog. So we did one more, but we were ready this time on the dog. And the dog again jumped right up, went over, and then had like emptied his colon. And I was like, that is more what I was expecting. Um, and I kind of like I had gloves on, but I so I kind of like went through it. And I'm like, I'm not really finding or feeling anything that feels like fibrous stuff but I'm like we've gotten pretty much everything out of this dog that we can and the rest of it's pretty empty and yeah you may have reached the point where he finally dissolved it maybe and I'm just like that's that's all we got so hopefully he will if if that's what was going on he will stop absorbing more marijuana but we never found like concrete evidence of like yes this is what's happening so um, I talked to the owners and I was like, okay, here's, here's what's going on. I, I still don't have a great explanation, but we've done this. We've done the enema. So hopefully anything that was still in there is now out and he will start to improve. Wait, now, you know, anytime you want your dog to do something, just give him an enema. Oh yeah. And that, like that wakes That's him not- up. And I told him all that too. I was just like, yep. And I told him about leaping down the stairs and anyway. So, um, but I said, but like, let's monitor him for a few more hours and see if he starts to come out of it. And so I'm like, I, I feel like he could go home. We're not doing any more treatments for him, but I want you to feel comfortable because they were kind of far from us. And I was like, I want you to feel comfortable. <clears throat> so they ended up taking him home that night, but he really hadn't dramatically improved. And so I'm still just like, I hope we're not missing something. Uh, but then I called the, the client the next day and I was like, 
how is he doing? And she's like, oh, he's so much better. Um, like he really turned, a, he's turned a corner. So he wasn't still a hundred percent, but had finally turned a corner. And so like this dog took three and a half, almost four days um, to get past his, what we are still presuming is a marijuana ingestion. And that was a first for me. So yeah. yeah. If I was just some, like said something very concentrated and. and but it was still the, like that. The, yeah. Again, you can take a lot and you just, normally it just all gets absorbed pretty quickly and readily. So the only way it but makes it's sense, in like a fibrous exactly. Thing, yeah. And it's just sitting there. And so he's slowly absorbing and the owners were great. They were like, yep, that makes sense to us too. Um, <clears throat> but it's, it's a tricky thing to prove. <clears throat> and we didn't have obvious evidence. Like if on the x-rays, there'd been this like ball of fibrous material in his stomach, I'd have been like, yep, cool. And when I went through the poop, there wasn't a bunch of obvious stuff. And I'm like, you're not a cow. You're not supposed to break this plant material down. But I mean, I didn't, I didn't go through it with a fine tooth comb, but, um, a wide tooth comb, but not a fine tooth comb. Um, but anyway, so it was, it was a good, so I'm using this case as like, oh, the student was like, oh, yep, this is typically, and this is how they're going to happen and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, all right, so I was totally wrong. That's not how this is. <laughs> this was not a typical case at all. And I, you know, and I said that to the clients, I was like, yeah, I was totally wrong. This is, this is, it is unusual. Um, cause I've seen a lot of these, you know, over the years and, uh, yeah, but I also was like, let's approach this logically. Um, cause the clients were kind of like, we just want somebody to look for it. Like what, where is this? And so they were really happy when I suggested the x-rays. Um, but yeah, I was like super wrong about how that case was going to go. Now here's, I, I told them, here's how it should happen. And if it doesn't let us know. And so they followed the instructions and it all worked out and the case ended up going fine. Um, but yeah, I was, I was a little stumped for a bit. I was like, what is happening here? So I had to just slow down, mm -hmm. think back through and say, okay, this isn't behaving the way it normally does, but we can be smart and we can be logical and we can think through what makes sense. And did you test the poop at all? No, no, no. At that point I was like, eh. <laughs> and we don't have great tests for that, like readily available. There are some like commercially available tests for marijuana and they're not very reliable based on the, like the liter what's been published on them. So I tend not to go with it because it's like, okay, I, I don't know what to make of it. Oh, it's positive. Cool. Oh, it's negative. Cool. I like, I don't know. It's not going to change my treatment plan. So, um, so yeah, that's, but that's what I wanted to talk about. So most of the time, um, they get better in 12 to 24 mm -hmm. hours. Did the student look up any papers that matched what uh, what you guys saw? No, and I have I've search? looked either as far, yeah I did too like you know prolonged um, recovery from marijuana um, and I I did not find anything um, yeah. and we wouldn't be able to write this up because we weren't able to prove right, yeah, like you, we didn't document didn't find anything. anything yeah <laughs> no we didn't we're just going just fine <laughs> you like, give a dog well, an animal it'll poop yeah like, yeah what you so basically what I've learned from this is that when you have a, a marijuana toxicity suspect you should get X-rays and then do an enema. <laughs> you shouldn't say that. People are going to start doing no, it. No, that's 100% not First what you should you do. First, you get fluids <laughs> from the front and the sides. You and should then not do you this. You do fluids in the back. So, this was an unusual case. I am going to go back to treating the marijuana cases like I typically do, which is tell them, but I am going to, and, and again, I did in this case, but we're going to emphasize that, like, make sure it gets better. Um, if it doesn't follow this course, then we need to do different things. And so, you know, ultimately, I'm pleased with how we managed the case, and the owners were happy. Um, and I'm glad that he's doing, the dog's doing better. Um, but it was a good reminder that they don't all read the book. They don't all follow the rules. They do their own thing. Um, but that doesn't mean I should change how I do everything forever. Right. I just, I need to file this away. 
it's it's another case in my you know Rolodex of experience that I can go. So if I have another case like this in the future, I'm like, mm, okay, I'm going to more quickly move yeah. to let's enema. get X-rays. Yeah, not enema, X-rays. Find out what there is. You know, maybe get a little bit more history. Like what what kind of product could the animal have gotten into? And and to be fair, when the owners first came in, they didn't know. Like they didn't know that it was. They went back and then they said, we need to get more information. So they were actually they were great. Um, but yeah. So that yeah, was, it could have been some weird combo thing, like if they're making an yep, oil. Yep, exactly. Because like, so, that was a thing with um, with the the vape stuff. You remember when people were dying from vape pens? Oh yeah, but it wasn't the vaping. It yeah, it wasn't like directly. The, it was people were using like off brand yeah. like things, it and it was because there was I think it was because there was so much vitamin E. Yeah, that sounds it's right. Concentrated. That's right. That's uh, what it was, and it was enough vitamin E that it would kill you. It was toxic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, so there's things that seem really benign yeah. and aren't. So there's some so. you get like not a like mm-hmm. heavily studied company that mm-hmm. has a lot of risk. Use some yeah, guy hurts, making their own thing. Like mm-hmm. they can use something weird and not understand. Yep. The co- and vitamin E is super benign yeah. in appropriate amounts. <laughs> and also if it's in the trash. Yeah. And it's like yeah. this is, wasn't meant for consumption. No, this definitely wasn't. But dogs do that pretty routinely. So anyway. Um, yeah, it was, it was a good case. Um, lesson learned. I worry sometimes about these cases that this is what students remember. And then, you know, so hopefully we've emphasized that this was unusual. Um, but anyhow, it was a good one for me. It's good to get those ones that kind of challenge you every once in a while. Be like, yep. Okay. You know, careful with those assumptions. Um, and, and it's a good reminder also to always warn the clients, like, this is what I expect to happen. Like, that's also why I say, I expect this. If that's not what happens, then we need to reassess what's going on. Either it's not the diagnosis is wrong or yeah. something that's else. It's like is you different. say with the diarrhea dogs. It's yeah. Like, hey, it doesn't need anything. Yeah. Um, just if it doesn't, like, yeah. I expect it to clear up in this amount of time. Yep. And if it doesn't, then bring it back. Yeah, in. exactly. But I don't like I don't have to freak out about every little thing. I just have to tell them what is the the typical course of this and what are the things that say, hmm, this is unusual. We need to change the plan. Um, so that I think that's a really important point for when you're discharging patients is to tell the clients, here's you know, here here are things like, yeah, this is abnormal, but I expect it. Um, and as long as X, Y, and Z is okay, then this is this is acceptable. It's not normal, but we expect it because your patient, your pet is sick. Um, having a, a, an expected time course, what are the symptoms they would see that is not concerning? What are the things that are concerning? What's the time frame? Because sometimes it's like, it's not concerning unless it persists for this long or this should never happen ever at all. And if you see this, this, you know, you, you know, you need to have it re- reassessed as soon as possible. So, but just inform them of that. Um, the other reason I think it's really important, this is selfish. The reason it's really important for folks to tell clients what should be like what should cause them to worry and what should not is that you will save the your local your your local ER from all these phone calls of like oh my gosh my dog is doing this we're like yeah that's that's what happens after these things and then if they just nobody's told them right i mean it's not their job to know what is expected and what's unexpected so please just you know let them know write it down be like here's a list of things that are okay here's a list of things that are not okay and here's what you do if you find the not okay things that's it that's my that's my request. So yeah, that's the case I wanted to talk about. Yeah. Thoughts, comments, concerns? No, it seems seems pretty easy. Seems like the marijuana dogs are pretty easy. They're pretty fun, actually. They're generally quite satisfying, um, and it's usually like a fun interaction with the clients. Not always, because sometimes they get a little weird. There's no possible way that's what this is. You're like, okay, then let's do an MRI of the brain because it's probably a tumor. Then They're like, well, maybe it maybe it's marijuana. <laughs> 
um, so, but it's, it's a lot better now than like 10 years ago. Um, cause people are a lot more forthright and be like, it's probably pot. Um, or if they don't and you go, is there any possibility your dog got into marijuana? And then they go, Oh yeah, that's totally what this is. <laughs> like once you bring it up to them, they go, cause it's scary. Cause they, they're like, the dog is like out of it. It's brain is broken and they do they're neurologic. Um, you're like, yeah, he's just, he's have, he's on a bad trip. And then they mm-hmm. chuckle and blah, blah. And it's like, then the other thing I'm always like, also, he's not going to learn from this. And if given the opportunity, he will do this again. I would like really emphasize this with these people. I'm like, he may need to be on a leash or he might need to somehow, like he needs to not have access to that compost because in his mind, there is no association between feeling bad and that delicious, delicious compost that he got into. <laughs> so since he's not going to learn, you need to learn. It's one of my favorite lines with clients. Your dog is not going to learn. I need you to learn. Yeah, but it, they are, they can be, they're normally pretty straightforward. This one just ended up not being as straightforward, but it was still, it was fun. So yeah. Yay. Yay. So don't intentionally give your dogs marijuana or CBD or things like that um, until we have a lot, lot more information about it. Um, but as far as toxicities go, they're, they're one of the <laughs> least concerning products for that. Yeah, I'm sure there are. Oh, there definitely, I know there are. Um, uh, but yeah, we don't really have good science on it yet. So my advice is stay out of, yeah, you know, you don't do drugs, kids. Um, <laughs> don't do drugs, dogs. Dogs, yeah. Don't do drugs, dogs. What about cats? Or cats. Cats is are smarter. I mean, it, it is going to be the same. Well, cats um, don't really eat. But they tend uh, not to do that kind of thing. Plants. But yes, it's going to be exactly the same. Same same kind Unless of things. Unless it's covered in like. Catnip. Like steak juice. Maybe steak juice would do it. Yeah, that's entrapment at that point. Yeah. So. Someone's yeah. cat eats lettuce because they put taco juice on it that's weird (laughs) so weird it's definitely i don't know who would do that (laughs) anyway okay well moving on so yeah hope you enjoyed our talk about recreational drugs i mean uh, marijuana toxicity in dogs and yeah we our complete lack of knowledge (laughs) (laughs) we're so lame all right we'll catch you next time bye